2: Welcome to the latest episode of five on the floor on the five reasons sports network thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app we're now on red circle as well as google podcast apple podcast spotify and the five reasons youtube channel make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons you might want to catch our dolphins post game show from sunday or you might not also five spell that one out we do not have a paywall and check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network we mention this one all the time it's prize picks use the code five, F-I-V-E. You get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars lots of new signups Uh, This weekend, again, you can play NFL, NBA, MMA, NHL. All of these sports are there. You can pair sports together. It's just rated the number one fastest growing sports product in the country. And again, you get your initial deposit matched up to $100, but only if you use that code 5, F-I-V-E, and there are no rollovers. You get to play with that money right away so check out our group we've got like 10 people tweeting out picks all the time and we have been on a roll lately actually we are the opposite of the dolphins use that code five f-i-v-e at prizepicks.com and now tonight's episode
0: down to Yay. Hello,
3: uh,
4: five on the floor Ride for my dogs. Here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars. ran bubble frogs, just like Buck they say. You in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block? Stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust. it's ball have the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up.
5: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo,
0: plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
2: All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow me at Greg Sylvander. I got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk. 305, I'm actually coming back from Boston from a little vacation here, but uh, I've caught up on most of the Heat stuff here. Greg and Brady are going to take you through it. As well, of course, the heater in the middle of a road trip. They now go to Los Angeles. Jimmy Butler is expected to return uh, to the lineup after meeting with a specialist out there and just making sure that he can start to play back-to-backs going forward. But the heater coming off, you know, it's, it's one step up, up, one step back this season, right? But this is a step up. Uh, they're now game over 500 again. Tyler Hero with the shot of the year so far, although it's actually his third game winner. Uh, basically a Dwayne Wade push three at the buzzer which looked like Dwayne Wade against Chicago, or was it Utah? I can't remember. Uh, At home uh, several years ago, of course, where Dwayne got on the table and said, this is my house. Tyler probably should have done the same in in that building since that's now Dwayne's house, actually, out in Utah. But Dwayne was not in the building. So Tyler Hero with a tremendous performance, Bam Adebayo and Victor Oladipo, those three guys carry them to the finish line. I'm not going to say that that's the new big three, not with Jimmy out, but it does raise some questions because – one of the things that happened in this game is that Kyle Lowry did not close. And Kyle is now, I think scored eight points over the past two games. I think it's fair to say he's been a non-factor. I mean, he's, he's had some games this season that have been pretty solid. These have not been them. His minutes were cut back. I think he actually finished fifth on the team in minutes in a game that Jimmy didn't play in this past game. And so we're going to take a look at the guard rotation and we're going to take a look, not just at who should start, because that's one question, but the more important thing for this team is who should close. And we always talk about that. That's the, that's what the heat focus on is Eric Spolster having about seven pieces that he can close with, but ultimately he's going to settle on five or six. And should Kyle Lowry continue to be one of those pieces, or we're we looking at a situation where with Tyler hero becoming, you know, a full fledged star in those moments, Victor Oladipa rounding into shape where he's now dunking on people and putting up a complete stat line that includes defense. Duncan Robinson, we don't expect him to close, but he's been getting some minutes lately as well as a a shooter and to space the floor. Max Struess is still getting time, and Gabe Vincent is back and is, at this stage, in my view, a better defender than Kyle Lowry. How do you balance the the minutes between these six players, especially when Jimmy returns – and Caleb Martin returns, which means you've added another guy to the wing slash four rotation. So I'll start with you, Greg. The Kyle Lowry situation is tricky. Uh, they spent a lot of money. They appeased Jimmy Butler. We applauded the move at the time, so I don't. we can't back off of that, okay? There was not a lot in that free agent class, if you recall. They had to outbid teams like Dallas and New Orleans. They had to give him the third year more money that they wanted to. They knew they were overpaying, but I got to think they thought they would get more consistent production than they're getting. Yes. Right. And now, now we're in the second year of this contract and it becomes political at this stage. Uh, how, how do you play the players who are playing the best without creating a situation here with a future hall of famer?
3: Uh It's difficult, honestly, because like, I guess the coaching staff would probably chuckle and say, oh, yeah, what a bad problem to have. We now have actually a full roster of players to choose from, considering what they've been dealing with game over game for the last, you know, three and a half to five weeks. But um, truthfully, I don't see them pulling Kyle out of the starting lineup. I don't think that that's what will happen. I do see that they're going to find opportunities to limit his minutes. And frankly, he's been playing too many minutes. So like they're going to have a convenient way to um, maybe minimize a little bit of his exposure to long stints throughout games. And then also when certain guys have it going, they're just going to stick with them. And um, I think that that's maybe contrary to what they normally would do, where he would follow a set rotation pattern in and out of a game. They're probably going to be more flexible and open minded with that because they're going to look for opportunities to get him rest because he was going at a pace that he couldn't sustain. Um, I have bigger like implication, bigger picture stuff about Kyle and about that salary. You mentioned how much they paid and that they knew that they overpaid. I, I personally think that the aggressive move, the the move that shows me that you think that this team is good enough to go and win is to actually trade Kyle Lowry at this deadline. But I know that that is extremely, um, I guess uh, it would be such a big, uh, seismic shift and change to the locker room that I don't know how realistic it is, but to your point, they got a lot of guards that are starting to play well and damn, they could use a four and a five. So uh, I kind of think about if you could split his salary between two guys like that, how this roster would be more balanced. But again, I'm jumping ahead. I just think right now you start him, and then you play the guys who are playing best game over game. But here's the thing about that. It's really two components to
2: this. The first component is, would you trade him, right, to get other pieces? And the other component is, does anybody want him at that number? And I think that's a different question now than it would be this summer, where he's entering the last year of his deal, and it's an expiring Absolutely. contract. So I, I think those are really two different things. Um, but let's, let's pivot back to the basketball, and then I'll go back to you, Greg, because I think this all comes around. Brady, we, we've talked about, you know, this idea that the starting backcourt doesn't really work. OK, now the numbers don't necessarily bear that out all the time. It depends kind of who's playing with them. And we know that their, their starting lineup is not played together all that often. But we've always put this in the context, mostly for political reasons, that if anybody's got to come out of the lineup to make it work, it would be Tyler. I'm finally going to declare that we're past that point. Uh, you You can't even if this was a consideration before you can't take a guy who's now averaging what 21, uh, six and five on, you know, 45, you know, (laughs) 45, 40, 91 splits. Like you're not taking that guy out of the starting lineup, even if it may ultimately be the best thing for the team, because you needed somebody to run that second unit. But now you do have Victor Oladipo who's back. Who can, it looks like he can run that second unit. You have Gabe Vincent back, who who we know can run the second unit, if not quite the same way that Tyler would. So we're gonna take the Tyler thing off the table. Okay. Do you think, is there any case to be made for taking, before we get to the finishing lineup, which I think is more important, for taking Kyle out of the starting lineup? whether that means moving Tyler ostensibly to the one, even though others would be handling, and then maybe uh, you put Depot in the starting lineup, okay, or maybe it it meant putting Gabe in the starting lineup because there's more chemistry there between Gabe and Tyler. Can you make a case for taking Kyle Lowry out of the starting lineup without getting into the political elements of this?
5: Yeah, I feel like you could definitely make a case, but I think you mentioned not getting into the political elements, but I feel like that's a big part of this, so it's tough to really go around that. But I'll say in terms of the basketball, in terms of starting, I don't know how much of a difference it makes on team success just because they stagger a ton anyway. You look at the fact that that lineup has Jimmy, it has Caleb, has Bam. You already have three type of defenders. So if you're switching and putting, let's say, a Gabe Vincent into the starting one, now your bench is is very weaker in the defensive side of things. So like you're kind of trading off anyway. So I don't know if the starting thing matters as much. And as you mentioned, the question becomes about the closing thing. And I know you want to get into that a little bit later, but that's the more of the discussion because I feel like they're, they're getting to a point in the way they play where they can't afford to be weak in the point of attack region. They just can't like you watch this game. I know we didn't do a post game on it after this Utah game. uh, But the, the reason Kyle did not close that game was basically because Spoden could not do it because they needed, Gabe and, v- and D- Depot at the point of attack doing what they did because they were just absolutely crushing them every time. He was blowing by point of attack, getting paint touches, kickouts to marketing, or feed inside to Walker Kessler. And it's just like over and over where it's like these last few games, uh, they figured out their themselves offensively. Like we could talk about different combinations of things like that. They figured out their way on the offensive end, actually. Surprisingly, the defensive stuff has been more of the interesting part. And I actually found a, a, a weird stat. When I was looking at some of the stuff like three-man combos in the fourth quarter. uh, And I was looking at some of the net ratings. The three best net ratings in terms of three-man combos, uh, all three of them involve Hero and Bam this season. So you have Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, and Gabe Vincent. The second is Hero, Bam, and Caleb Martin. The third is Hero, Bam, and Victor Oladipo. Like adding in that third point of attack defender late in games is basically – uh, the game plan and kind of what you want to get to, I guess, as a team. So I feel like in terms of we can have the starting lineup conversation. Like I said, I just don't think it really changes much. I don't. I think they can kind of get around that. But in terms of t- trying to utilize, I guess, other players a little bit more and kind of fixing minutes or maybe rotations in that way is probably more important. And like you said, the closing stuff. I think they're getting to a point where basically Victor Oladipo, I think, is is in important games like a, a locked in closer. I think they – I look at – I said it in yesterday's game because I know they've been watching his minutes somewhat. I said if they want to win this game, Victor Oladipo has to be in this game at the end of the game. Like he, he does. He just has to be out there. And he was, and he was kind of the, one of the bigger reasons why they won that game over Tyler the Hero's final shot.
2: All right. So I, I do want to cycle back to that because it's all really interesting stuff. I, I, I want to stay on Kyle here for one second with you, Brady. Because I want to get into, uh, before we talk about replacing a guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer, they're paying $28 million down the stretch of games. we got to establish what's his fault and what's not, right? Like, okay, because so Spolcher takes him off the floor, okay? The whole idea with Kyle Lowry, we talked about all of last year, is that they needed him on the floor at the end of games because they couldn't get into offense without him, all right? Especially without Jimmy, but even with Jimmy, actually. And they didn't have Jimmy last night. Well, last night they didn't have a problem. As we are speaking here, it was last night. They didn't have a problem against Utah, against Denver, getting into offense without Kyle playing some of those minutes, particularly in the Utah game, right? So are we past that, that it doesn't matter because Tyler has taken – see, I think a lot of this is Tyler-related, more so even than Oladipo-related because Tyler's taken such a step as a playmaker and a passer. So that's the first part of this, but also as we pivot to the defensive end, is it Kyle's, uh, can Kyle guard the point of attack at all? Or is the issue all the switching? And and so you basically have Kyle defending bigs and I don't blame him for, you know, that I have been hard on, you know, the value of that contract, but that's the part I don't really blame him for. So let, let's, let's start with the offense first. Is he necessary at the end of games now?
5: I wouldn't say so. I, I said so last year, but I think, like you said, I think Tyler Hero's leap, uh has been noticeable in terms of a ball handler in terms of the stuff that they're doing for him in terms of running actions for him and him like making passes and playmaking out of that where it gets to a point now where they can put the ball in in his hands and trust him in that way uh so the offensive stuff is not a worry the defensive stuff you mentioned it's is it the point of attack is it the, the schematic stuff i lean in the point of attack region because i feel like all of their defensive issues come down to just containing the ball (laughs) Like, like it just every time and just getting blown past, and and all of a sudden you're rotating it out of position. Uh, as much as I talked about kind of the issues in that Denver game when they basically went, I think, four straight possessions for getting the Aaron Gordon on Lowry switch, uh, as much as that's a problem, Lowry has like generally been very good in that department. Like, he's a very good player in terms of fronting bigger guys, making them uncomfortable. Uh drawing charges in that way, like waiting for the double. Like he as much as we're trying to I know we're going in a certain direction on Guile right now, even after this Utah win, like that's something he's been good at. Uh so I don't think it's that as much defensively. It's more so they just need a ball stopper in that lineup. Like that's not named Jimmy Butler or Bama to buy because I think they get to a point now.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com, slash Miami Heat.
1: Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.
0: Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. However,
5: they still, in Spoh's offense, they still want a shooter on the floor a lot of games. So, like, you look last night, like, yes, they have Gabe and Depot and they have Tyler. They also have Max on the floor. Like, they, they still want that type of shooter. So the way you counteract that, you cannot have Tyler, Max and Kyle at the end of the game on the floor together. You just can't. So the way to counteract that is either you're going to put two strong defenders or you're going to put one strong defender in Max. So uh, that's kind of the way I guess they go about it. But unless I guess Kyle has like a big time point of attack leap here, it's tough to see like what way you could go, because I just feel like that's been such a problem for this team.
2: All right. And as we get to the other finishing stuff here, we talk about the offense and the defense and and how all of this relates to it. I, again, want to make the point, there was no Jimmy Butler in this last game. And I think that until we we talk about them having their pieces, they have to have all of their pieces to see what Spolster is going to actually do. Cause there is a comfort level between Kyle and Jimmy uh, that exists. And maybe Spolster goes a different direction there, but I also think we have to establish this. Okay. So again, before we go to break here, we'll get into the finishing stuff. As point of attack defenders right now, Brady, how would you rank their guards? Depot's first, right? Yeah. Gabe uh, is second?
5: Are we saying – we're not – we're just guards, so no Jimmy, no Bam, right? Obviously.
0: Or well, Canelo. let's
2: throw – no, I well – I mean, is Caleb like, a guard? Is obviously, a- obviously a guard? Bam's gonna be guarding on the switches. Jimmy is gonna be guarding in particular situations. I I almost think you have to throw Caleb in there, though, even though he's mm-hmm. not a guard because he's playing the four out of position. But most of this season, they've started Caleb, as you've talked about, on the best backcourt player on the other team. A- yeah. And I think that is in part because their point guard can't guard point guards anymore, right? Like it, it does seem like th- this does feel a little bit like James Harden discussion. It's a little, but when we talked about James Harden being a bad defender. Okay. And Kyle was, has been a great defender throughout the course of his career. Okay. Or was right. We talk about Harden, but pe- people, in Houston, when they were watching would say, well, no, he's not a bad defender. Like if you put him in the post against somebody he uses his strength, he's actually pretty good down there, but you don't want him out on the perimeter. He's, he's going to be lazy about it. I think Kyle has gotten lazy about some of that stuff. He just sort of lets somebody go to the next guy. Uh, and he can't. And it almost feels like Kyle has become sort of a mini Harden in that way. Like they, they don't, you don't have quite the embarrassing moments that you have with Harden, but he's almost better. At, like he fans don't like those switches, but he's like you said, he's almost better using you know his width, so to speak. Okay, agreed. <laughs> right, right. Then trying to guard in space is, is that is that fair, Brady?
5: It's definitely fair. Then and, and you hit on it before when you brought up Caleb guarding opposing point guards. That was kind of the reason because Caleb is better suited to guard guards than fours. Kyle Lowry is probably better suited to guard fours than point guards, so it's it almost made too much sense to do that. Uh, but the, to to the original question, I would say it's probably Depot. It's probably Caleb. You probably if you're throwing Haywood in the mix, I think Haywood's probably around there. Uh, so he's you're then obviously Gabe is in the mix. So he's he's outside probably the top five if when you're talking about it in that way. So that's he's, when it gets tough.
3: He was and signed. I apologize for interrupting. I have to sneak this in because it's just bothering me. He was signed to come here and be a two way player, an impactful two way player. Anything less than that is an absolute disappointment. And we are not going to run from that anyway. Well,
2: and, and I think that's true. And that gets into the whole finishing thing. And but Brady, let's let's finish on this real quick. He is still a better point of attack defender than Tyler, correct? He, i you're would hesitated. say so. it, see, it's no, no you're saying everything because no no but, you, but i want i, to see
5: I think because i'm looking at this season i feel like tyler's been better and that's the reason i say that and that, because they're going in i don't say it's all kyle's fault but they're going in two different trajectories right now <laughs> like one guy's aging and getting worse in that region and one guy's getting stronger and better so i think it's getting closer than we're accustomed to greg to
2: your point we made a lot of comparisons to Tim Hardaway when Kyle came in. Okay. And when Tim came in, he was not known as a good point of attack defender, even in golden state. Like that was not Gary Payton was the defender of that, era. it wasn't, it wasn't Tim. Right. And then Tim lost mobility with a, the knee injury, he came to Miami he was a different player, more of a half court player. Right. But it was not a great point of attack defender. Kyle though, was expected to still be that, that, that was the one difference between the two of them. Okay. But the other thing about it was that they covered for Tim and still had elite defenses during that period of time. Like Tim was part of elite defenses, but also everybody else on the court could defend. OK, it was it was Zo, it was PJ mash was a better defender that he got credit for. OK, and and then it was Bruce Bowen or Dan Marley like they had defenders all over the place around him even his backup Anthony Carter now the coaching staff was a plus defender as a point guard particularly point of attack that was AC's strength they don't have that luxury here to protect Kyle as he ages No, and so I don't think they expected this to happen at this stage where it's like okay the only way we can use Kyle defensively if he's guarding six eight guys and that is something that I think, again, annoys Heat fans, but Spolster's doing it for a reason. It's not just,
3: right? He's the P.J. Tucker replacement.
2: (laughs) In a lot of ways, it seems like it. All right, we're going to get into the whole finishing question here because there are only so many minutes and only so many bodies. Look, Kyle Lowry still serves a purpose for this team. I just don't think it's the purpose that they expected. I, I think that's kind of where we're at right now. All right, here's your purpose. If you get in a car accident, If you have a slip and fall, if you got medical malpractice, you know, situation where a doctor screws you up or somebody in your family, you got to reach out to our guy, Eric Rubenstein. Go to ericrubenstein.com. That's ericrubenstein.com. He's based here in South Florida. You can check out his Instagram account. You can see he's all over town. Ask about me. I got you. Huge Miami Heat fan, but mostly, again, St. Thomas graduated magna cum laude really bright guy and he will get you your money. Okay. There's that's the big thing here. If you're looking for a personal injury attorney, so reach out to him, ericrubenstein.com. Again, ask about me. I got you or check him out on the web or 954-829-ERIC. That's 954-829-ERIC. We also want you to check out our betting partner, it's betteredge.com. That's with an O. We just ran a competition here for the NFL this weekend. I did not have a good weekend, but I'm going to keep trying. You get 20 bucks free if you use the code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN. This is peer-to-peer betting. So this is legal. It's legal in 45 states, including the state of Florida, okay? It is basically a web-based app. And again, you can find the line that you want because you're playing against peers. You're not playing against the book. So there's nothing you got to hide or anything like that. You're not going to wait weeks to get your money. Trust me, I tried to get money from one of those uh, betting apps. <laughs> Try it, okay? It's really difficult. It is not with Better Edge. So go to betteredge.com, use the code 5, that's number 5, RSN, and join our weekly contest. All right, so let's get to the closing situation here, okay? Bam's closing every game, correct? <laughs> Jimmy's closing every game. Correct. Yep. Tyler's closing every game. Correct. Yep. Yep. Okay. They have a big three. They don't have a big four. I I know what Spolcher was trying to do. It almost felt when he did that for about three days, it kind of kind of felt like he was trying to convince the players of that, um, that he looked at it that way, but they have a big three right now. They've got three guys who, when they all play, the problem is they don't all play. We know in Jimmy's case, it hasn't been a whole lot lately. They can't get any momentum because he's out so often. When, but those three guys all individually are having elite type seasons, and in Bam and Tyler's case, there's significant jumps, right? Okay, those three are closing every game. Who else closes consistently when everybody's healthy?
5: Aldido, I think. It gets, I think I don't even think it's recently biased. I just think they need what he provides right now. So I, I think he's close. He's by far the closest to a shoeing to that big three than anybody else, in my opinion. So there's the fifth app- then?
3: It has to be a shooter, doesn't it? I don't think it has
5: to. I think it's between that final spot is between Kyle, Gabe, and Max, in my opinion, because we've seen them go the direction of the shooter. We saw last night they they just basically went full on. Just I'm just yeah. going to we're just going to defend at the point of attack with Gabe and, and Depot. And I don't want to just sit here and just say Kyle's not going to be a closer ever because I think a lot of games uh, he's going to close. To be honest, so I think a Kyle Depot Tyler. Jimmy Bam is a possibility. I just don't know if it's going to be consistent or the best option, but I think it will be an option. Why would you not include Caleb? I just don't – we haven't seen it, honestly, from Spo. Like, I'm not saying I wouldn't because I think he's that good as a defender and he's made that jump, but he hasn't really closed with him too often. Even on nights where, like, he's been very good, to be honest. We've seen, like, Haywood Highsmith get, like, closing minutes over him some nights when he was playing early in the season.
2: Well, I I feel like Caleb's worn down a little. I I think that even before the recent uh, absences, it felt like Haywood got some of those minutes because Caleb, Caleb had one bad night at home. I can't remember which one it was. Was it the Chicago game? It might've been um, where he just was not impactful in 19 minutes. You didn't notice him, which is weird for him because he's a guy that you consistently notice when he's on the floor because of his energy. Uh, But it's like it's like i was saying they say give eric smolsha seven closing options it feels like he's got more than that right now actually yep. if right
3: he does except for if he's playing a big team then i think things get a little trickier and right. so that's where we you know look ahead and it's that's for another episode but uh from a guard perspective i think like this is actually a deep team. I mean, I know that people have not wanted to necessarily say positive things so far this season, but this is a deep team on the guard side.
2: Okay, so on the big side, we know it's not, and they've got to go get another guy. Um, do you see any scenario, Brady, where Orlando Robinson – we know it's not going to be Deadman, uh, But Orlando Robinson or in maybe two months, Omer Yurtsevin – uh, put themselves in the mix to get late minutes. Cause obviously somebody could come from somewhere else and that may be where we involve Kyle. And that's where I'm going to pivot back to Greg to pivot to end this episode on a controversial note. Uh, but, but um, I mean, do you see any situation where, cause he's close with Orlando Robinson, right? I mean, a couple of, I mean, he's when he hasn't had other bodies, right. But could yeah. you see any scenario where Robinson with that Robinson or Yurts have been close?
5: No, <laughs> I just don't like, like not only because of the talent wise, knowing Spoh's track record of, like, not wanting to close with bigs, and I think it's viable, like, in my opinion. I know there's a lot of people out there that want to see the, the kind of going in the big direction. I, I could see where your head's at if you say that, but in my personal opinion, I know in Spoh's personal opinion, that's just not a viable option. If we're talking about Orlando Robinson closing games, I don't know where we're at. I'm going to be honest. Hey, would I mean, Highsmith
3: High will close before Orlando Robinson ever would? I think Haywood
5: and Haywood Highsmith, I'm not even joking. In Spo's opinion, I think he's in the mix of closing actual games this season. We've seen it. Like, it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. I know part of it is with guys out, but he trusts him late in games. Like, he really does.
2: No, and, and I think with good reason. I, I mean, defensively, now offensively, it's like it's it's really hit or miss. I mean, there are some games where Haywood has actually made some plays that have mattered. And in his other games, you're like, you're playing four on five. Uh, but I mean, we look, he used to close with Justice Winslow consistently. Greg, even when Justice, you know, was was bricking 22% from three, he would close with justice because of the defense. All right. Uh, I do want to get to this real quick here. We just got a couple of minutes left. I do want to mention one more sponsor. Our friends over at Water Cleanup of Florida. If you got a water leak, you need to find out where it's coming from, reach out to Michael Robert and the team. It's 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356 or go to WCU fl.com WCUFL.com. Again, 70-plus five-star reviews on Google. Uh, just great people. Based in Boca, they handle business for all three counties. They can handle leak, water, mold damage, whatever it is that you've got a problem with, and they will tell you if they can't do the job as well as if they can do the job. WCUFL.com. If you've got the schmutz, they got the guts.
0: All
2: right, so you got one minute left, Greg. So do you have the guts to answer this particular question? Because I'm going to you on this, all right? Kyle Lowry, okay? If we're talking about him being a part-time closer and a bad fit as a starter with Tyler Hero, I mean, that sounds like the type of player Pat Riley would try to move, particularly when you look at, you know, the stuff this offseason and him not really embracing, you know, Pat's whole conditioning thing, at least publicly in the way he spoke about it. What do you think the chances are that they they not that they could, because that's a different question, but that they would trade Kyle Lowry by the deadline
3: by the deadline? I think the chances are low. I think that I would not bet on it happening, frankly. I do not think that they're going to rattle the the boat and shake up the locker room to that degree unless they nosedive like between now and then in a way Um but even then they could just punt on the whole thing. So Lowry in this season, I don't think unless some really crazy opportunistic name pops up that we just did not see, but for the, the names that you hear on the rumor mill of trade, like the boy on Bogdanovich is of the, of the, like it's not going to be for a guy like that. This summer is when I think Kyle Lowry's name becomes a really prevalent trade ship. For a number of reasons. Um, so, yeah, I think it's more likely this summer than now. Five seconds. Percent chance he finishes his contract with Miami. Seven uh, percent. That's his
2: number. Wow. Okay, there you go. That's that's a clip. Uh, thanks to Brady. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Water Cleanup of Florida. Eric Rubenstein.com. Prize picks. Use the code five. Better edge. Use five RSN. The Miami Heat now have a better record than the Miami Dolphins. Still a basketball town, my friends. Have a good night. Thank
4: you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.
1: Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the five-hour energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HOURENERGY.COM